Welcome to the Kingdom Misfits Podcast, where we talk about biblical topics and culture through the lens of Scripture. Our goal is to deepen our understanding of God's Word through wrestling with Scripture and renewing our mind. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining the Kingdom Misfits Podcast community. Today, Mike, we have a very yeah. special guest. You all have heard us very talk special. about her on the podcast a lot. She's given birth to one of the uh, the closest men to Jesus himself that I know. <laughs> Mike. Mike. <laughs> We're playing, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, we, we got here, um, we got Mama G. We call her Mama G. Her name's Geneva. Her government is uh, Geneva Vigil. Government name, but AKA Mama G. And today we're going to be hearing the testimony for Mama G. And she's going to be talking about something that she's never shared with anybody before. So, so it's an, basically an exclusive. And we are very honored to have you on, on our podcast. You've heard it in the past where Mike and I have talked about how you have impacted our lives. And we want to hear now how your journey started and how you began. But before we do that, go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Hi, my name is Geneva Hill, And I'm actually 71 years old. I'm proud of my age because I don't really look like it. But God has really blessed me with a youthful life. And he's blessed me since I've met him when I was 19 years old is when I got the spirit. But actually to go back, I knew the Lord when I was young. My mom had me in Catholic school and I learned about God. I didn't really know him, but I knew about God. And I, know, and I knew that if you pray, God is there for you because I was raised in the mountains where there's danger, there's bears, there's the Llorona. <laughs> well, what mountains are we talking about here? <laughs> you, you grew up in uh, New Mexico. In New Mexico. Mexico. Okay. Okay. I was raised in New Mexico and I lived in the mountains kind of probably like at 11 years old. And uh, I used to have to walk from my house to get the bus, which is almost like two miles. And in the path, there's like a lot of trees and that, and that's where you can hear the bushes uh, making noise. It sounds like the Llorona. So I would hear them. Oh, no. <laughs> I pray and I run. And sometimes you could see the bears running on the field. So I learned to have faith kind of like at a very, very young age because of that. Hmm. And um, so I consider myself a pioneer woman because I was raised where we had to chop wood. We had to go pick up our water. We have outdoor bathrooms and we had to learn how to do everything. So I feel like I'm uh, a pioneer woman where we had to learn everything from scratch. Wow. Mm. Not in the city. So now I'm in the city. So no now, bidet. Yes. No yes, bidet. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so I thank God for those roots and that I learned to be able to pray then and to call on him. So um, I think through my whole journey in life, uh, I've been able to um, call on him on that because once I had a personal journey with him, I learned how to meditate and I know I knew how to ex I experience him. So that's where my faith came from. Mm -hmm. And through all my uh, experiences, that taught me how to depend on the Lord. Nice. Thank you for sharing that. And what about your family? How many kids you oh, got? How many kids you got? Yes, I have uh, four children. Uh, my oldest daughter is now 53. My just son just turned 50. And then I, I have identical twins, which are 42. Nice. nice. How many grandkids? I, 
I have 10. 70. <laughs> I know, I know Mike V Hill has a bunch of kids. My son has grandkids. <laughs> I have 10 grandkids and I have three great grandkids. Oh, so that means Less. they they keep you going, right? Give you oh, yeah. And I'm, actually, I've raised two of them. I've raised my granddaughter, Alicia. She's 18 now, and I raised her since she was a baby. And then I'm raising my grandson, Tatum, which is six. And he's a handful, I tell you. Yeah, he's, he's a wild one. Up, oh, yeah. He's got me going. He, I, his nickname for I call him, I call him Spider-Man. Little Spider-Man. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> As always bouncing off walls. He's a good kid, though. Well, let's go ahead and dive into this, because I'm excited to hear your testimony, Geneva. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your your life and what led you to the Lord? You gave us a background of where you grew up, but I want to hear about your life before you met Jesus. So before I met Jesus, like I said, I, I knew him in a different way, but um, the Lord wants me to reveal to other women what happened to me when I was younger. I was probably um, 10 years old, and um, I got molested by my uncle. And um, in in my growing up, you didn't share things like that with anybody. So through this whole time, I held it inside and never really shared it with anybody. So this is probably the second time that it's coming out because um, I don't want the enemy to steal my identity anymore. And um, I feel by my holding it in, it's he's robbed me of my identity. And mm -hmm. if I get it out, then it's going to help other women um, that have been through the same thing. But the thing is that probably because of knowing God um, and being close to him and I was praying, I did not hold that anger or resentment that most people have. Um, but instead, I blocked the whole uh, ordeal. So you buried it. I buried it. I buried it. And so with me, I never got into any of the drugs or the alcohol. But I feel that that um, I, I gained weight. And the, the weight wouldn't come off because of um, probably of the trauma of it. But I... I just recently um, told my mom before Christmas of what had happened. And that's been like, what, 60 years? Oh, wow. And uh, I had had it all, all bottled up inside. And then I also have a thing where um, when uh, I was 17, I was going to get married. And um, things didn't work out between me and my fiance. So he got upset and uh, I got raped. And uh, that that was a little bit more shocking. My mom knew about that one, and then I got uh, I ended up pregnant, and then my mom had me marry my ex-fiance. So that's another thing that the Lord helped me um, overcome the hurts and uh, and not develop that resentment. So because I I cared for him. So he helped me overcome that. So it, it was never something that that I uh, thought that I had to uh, that I had to live with because of what happened. It just uh, he just helped me see things, I guess, in a different way. 
before I didn't really think about it. I was naive. I was brought up different. I was very naive when I was young. So those are the two experiences that that I've uh, gone through. And then because of that, my husband had a bad temper. And we were Christians uh, since I was 19 years old. And uh, my husband got us uh, out of the Catholic Church, the Baptist, and then the Pentecostal Church. And this is where I learned how to pray. In the not so much the Baptist, but the, in the Pentecostal Church, I was in the Oneness Church. And God taught, taught me then, or, or they taught me then that to overcome things and you have obstacles, you learn how to, to re, uh, bind, rebuke in Jesus' name. I learned that when you mention God's name, Jesus' name, there's power in that name. Mm. I have always learned that no matter what I have to overcome, as long as you, as you come against it and, and uh, you rebuke it and you mention Jesus' name, and it seems to vanish. I mean, with me anyway. Wow. Can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's, that's very heavy. Mm -hmm. I mean, to go through such a traumatic experience at such a, a young age, age, you mentioned that it did not uh, affect me. Yeah, it did not affect you. I'm, I was sorry. I was looking for the right words because we hear stories of women who go through that experience, mm -hmm. and it pretty much, of course, it flips your life upside down. Yeah, but then again, they they have a hard time recovering, which leads yeah. down the, mm -hmm. the the road towards like alcoholism, mm -hmm. abuse, and stuff like that, substance abuse, and everything else. Mm -hmm. And you said you just buried it, but did it ever manifest itself in you in a way that was that you knew like? This is a problem that is inside of me. I've not dealt with it yet, or I'm acting out as a result of that. Not really, but um, I know when my son was uh, having trouble with his alcohol issue, I would go with him to AA programs, adult children, alcoholics, trying to find answers for him. And uh, I realized that uh, he didn't need the answers. I needed the answers. And I came to learn that... Um, when your parents drink and that, you're a child of alcoholics. So I learned a lot of the 12 steps then, mm -hmm. and I learned how to use them. And that's when I used to go to my higher being and ask him to strengthen me and help me. Because to me, when I was married, I thought I was the perfect wife. Okay. I didn't know wrong. And what age was that? 17? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's the beginning. That was the beginning. Okay. <laughs> I thought you <laughs> that was... Well, my son's already like 14, so that's what, like, uh, I'm in my 30s, maybe. What I want to do is, uh, Mama G, I want to kind of go back to um, the when you were talking about when you had, and, and excuse my language, I, I don't... I don't feel comfortable saying that word around you, especially with you being across from me. So, uh, when the when the thing happened, um, and your mom your mom basically made you marry the man that assaulted you, right, and took advantage of you, and so you were married to him. How long? First of all, first question is how long were you married to him for? And secondly, I want you to elaborate on what you felt the night you got married, maybe how yeah. your feelings, the things you were thinking about and how long, uh, like what was the process in your mind going through that? Cause that, and how could you that, not hate yeah, him? That, that was, that was a, that's a big thing. And I'm, I'm sure there's women listening right now that are had, are in that same situation or maybe are going through that. 
where did you find your strength? Uh, what got you through that? So if you want, if you could go back and just tell me about um, that time when you got married to the guy that assaulted you. Well, to me it was because uh, the assault was not from a stranger, but it was from my fiance that I loved and he loved me. But he showed his anger to doing that. So I think because of that, I didn't really see it as, even though I was violated, I didn't have that anger. I, I think I had like a disbelief that I could not believe he did that. Mm-hmm. And then um, my mom told him like a month and a half before uh, we got married, she told him that if he didn't marry me, then she was going to press charges on him. So she was aware that that happened to you? Yes, okay. because when I came home that night, uh, I was in shock and my clothes was all ripped and I was like trembling from the shock. Mm. And uh, uh, and then she knew right away that something happened and she told, and, uh, and she's seen it, you know, but she didn't call the police or anything. She just, um, um, I don't think we really kind of addressed it anymore. And so then um, I didn't see him anymore after that. And uh, this happened like in July. And then uh, in December, she reached out to him and uh, she told him that I was pregnant. And then uh, that if he didn't uh, marry me, then she was going to press charges on him. So she kind of put him in that situation. So she went out and found him and told him that he needed to marry you because you found out that you were pregnant. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's that's heavy. Yeah. That's a that's a heavy burden to carry in itself. So yeah. Yeah. So then um so we were kinda already um so so we got an apartment, we got married and then uh but like I said, because he was not a stranger, uh all this time had passed. So I had already kinda moved on probably with my thoughts because to me, be naive. I thought that baby was going to disappear. <laughs> I remember doing a lot of jumping jacks. That's <laughs> how <laughs> <laughs> so naive I was. Because <laughs> the baby was going to disappear, but that baby did disappear. Grew. <laughs> but um, so when I when uh, we actually got married, then I didn't really hold that. Res- I don't know why I didn't hold that resentment. Maybe I just froze that and um but it didn't really uh it didn't the trauma didn't really follow me what happened that made it worse is that my husband had a temper and because he had a temper the temper's the one that was a harder thing to live with because then he became verbal and sexually and physically abusive later on in the years and i was married to him for 24 years wow and uh, so we were able to uh i was able to um live with him but during that time he got us to church and that's when i got i received the holy ghost and i got a new spirit in me that taught me that you forgive others and you learn to love you don't hold something like that. So even when he used to be mean and that to us, I didn't have that resentment. I, I think I had more hurt and that, but when we, he would get angry, like I said, I would um, 
bind that spirit and rebuke it in Jesus' name. I had that power when he would act and get out of control. That's the first thing I'd go, you know, it's like, okay, Satan, you want to be Satan? Then I come against you and I rebuke you and bind you in Jesus' name. So that gave me the power to be able to go after him. Hmm. And he couldn't uh, affect me, but he did instill fear in us, you know, as the whole family. So he, I remember Mike, Michael was talking about that when we had him on our podcast about yeah. the abuses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did he did he ever address what happened to you guys? To what he did to you? Did he ever apologize or did he ever talk about it with you? He did, but this is what he said. I knew that you were going to be mine, is what he told me. So he had an excuse. He had an excuse. Yeah. So his excuse was that he knew that I wasn't going to get away from him, that, he was, that I was going to be his. Hmm. So was it the whole 24 years that you were married? It was just one roller coaster of oh, up and yeah. downs yeah. of yeah. abuse? Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I ask you one question? Mm -hmm. Why did you stay with him that long? Um, well, I, I think in our upbringing, I think when you get married, uh, I got married for a lifetime. So to me, I thought I was going to be married. That's the way I was brought up. I thought you were, I was going to be married my whole lifetime. And because I already came from a abusive home where my dad used to beat my mom up to me, I, I didn't know any better. So to me, that's the way life was, mm, you know? Gotcha. So, and then what I learned to the AA is that you marry one parent and become the other. So I think I married uh, my mom and became my dad because my mom's the aggressor. So I think that's what ended up happening. So to me, I never, uh, to me, I thought that's how life was. And then he wouldn't let me be around other people. He didn't let me be around my family. So it was only church or home. So I was naive, you know? Mm. So I didn't know the difference. I didn't learn any of the difference until we got separated, um, that I started to better myself, that I learned that uh, that's not the way life is, you know? Amen. But because being naive, I, I didn't. And then I never told my, my mom anything. I barely just told her uh, this week about all the abuse that we went through at home because she never she never knew she thought it was a perfect marriage and um and it wasn't you know but because like I said I was brought up where you what happens at home stays at home you don't tell anybody you know so and is that kind of is that also cultural from being from a Mexican family it might it might be because that's the way my mom was she always told us not to say anything don't tell anybody that your dad hit me you know don't go tell grandma uh, he hit me. He broke my arm and, you know, so I think we learned um, to keep that inside and not share. You know, like with with everything that you're saying, it, it it's it's almost like movies we, everybody has seen before, right? We've all seen uh, behind closed door stuff, and and it, then it comes out and everything. But I I want to ask you this question. You know, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but let's go back to what happened to you when you were a little girl, okay, with your uncle. You kept that inside, yeah. And then what happened to you? 
uh, with your, at the time, your husband or your fiance at the time, with those two traumatic things that had happened to you, where in those moments did you or did you find God in any of that? Well, I've always, like I said, I've always known God from the beginning. So I think by praying and helping me through that emotional time, um, there's where it helped me uh, not be so much uh, traumatized, I think. And uh, um, when when I I got uh, uh, molested by my uncle, I was... um, younger and i think for being naive i think you don't know exactly what's happening because i really didn't know nothing about sex and i really didn't know what was going on so maybe at that time i didn't really see it or really understand what it was until after as i got older and probably maybe that's why it didn't affect me as much okay and then in the marriage uh in the rape that that one was more of a shock i was uh i was more traumatized by that because i could not believe that he had done that to me but i don't think i had that anger uh as you would otherwise because only because you know he was my fiance and i loved him and that i was just i think probably more in shock that he did that to me right and did you did you ever uh did you ever question God? Why did were you? Because you you because I, I, I know things. Everything we've we've all been through things, and we've yeah, all asked, yeah, yeah. like God, why did you allow that yeah. to happen? Where are you in? Yeah, that? Where, did you did you ever question God that way? Where, where because, or how did you deal with with that trauma and carrying it? I mean, it sounds like to me so far with everything that you're saying, you kind of just you kind of just buried it, yes, and 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 just left it there. So did you leave? the questioning of God there too? Yes, because I I don't think... So when I think when I asked myself more was through the abuse because I could not understand how we could be Christians and live a Christian life and live for God and still have abuse in the home. Hmm. How could that be happening to us? Because when you're Christians, you give your life over to God. So how in the world could he be demonic and hurt us yeah so to me maybe it didn't all come out in the other parts but it did come out there because this is where um this where we got more injured i think damaged mentally because it did affect me but like i said i learned how to pray by this time i already had the holy ghost so i used to we used to pray and fast and uh I think probably I, I just gave it over to God then. And uh, and he's the one that used to strengthen me. And uh, when any of this ha- used to happen, I used to pray. So I used to, I was, like I said, if, when he got angry in that, I would just bind him, rebuke it in Jesus' name, because I knew there was power in Jesus' name. So I was always, my favorite word was Jesus, 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 you know, for everything, because I knew I had power, so he couldn't really hurt me as long as I mentioned Jesus, you know. Mm. So, real quick, so you all started to go to church as a family, Mm -hmm. and then you started learning about God from there. You've always believed in God, but when you started going to church, that's when you started learning about God, God. right? And his power. And then, and this is is an area where, where I understand where you're talking about how somebody could 
go to church as a family, mm-hmm. but then be somebody else when you get behind mm-hmm. closed doors or when you get back home. Right. And a lot of us has transitioned through that. I mean, I've done that with my family before, taking them to church, and then at home, I'm a monster to mm-hmm. them. And that's something that needs to be dealt with, right? Like, yeah. if we're going to follow Jesus, we need to reflect Jesus, yeah. right? Yes. And this is an issue for most men because... Church isn't a place where we just go play dress up, Mm-mm. right? We don't play church. We're called to be the church. Yes. And so if you're not in it to serve the Lord, then don't front. But yeah, that, I think that's just wrong in general right. because, again, there's, there's no sense in playing church. But yet here you are going through several years of that, mm-hmm. and, and you, you're starting to understand the power mm-hmm. of the word and calling yes. upon Jesus' name. Yes. And then you've internalized that. And... That's crazy that that you had to rebuke your own husband. Exactly. Based on the behaviors that he showed. Yes. Did that have an impact on your children as well? Oh, I yes. mean, how did how, how did that impact your whole family? It it impacted our whole family because like my son, um, when he, well when he get angry he paid on paid out on them. So he would go. We didn't do things his way. He'd get angry at my son and break off his toys and destroy him. When my daughter, she didn't do what she said, and he'd hit her. He'd hit her with the extension cord or the iron or something. I was physically abused, and that's where I would get hit because I'd stick in for my kids, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, you're not going to hurt my kids, you know. So that's how it affected us. So my son, when he started drinking, he was only like 14. And we were brought up in church, but they said he was a closet drinker because he um, he was trying to, uh, he didn't like us fighting. He didn't like his dad hitting me, and he'd always defend, defend me. He's always been my um, knight in shining armor, is what I said, because he was all, always there to protect me. And did you... Um... Did all your kids come from your husband, your this first husband? Yes, yes. Yes, they did. And I think the first two are the ones that suffered more of the physical abuse than after the twins. After the twins, um, we were still in church up until they were like two years old. And then um, we left the church because he got in a fight with the pastor. So then we weren't in church anymore. And then... Um, so they were raised a little bit different than my two older ones, but and they didn't really suffer the physical abuse like uh, like they like the, my two older ones. They they were scarred, and they been. I know my oldest daughter, she gets upset at me it's because why um why didn't I get them away from that you know, and I think because I wasn't strong enough to. Get a, I had no place to go to. Where am I going to go to with two children? You know, how am I going to raise two children? And um, so I think I stood at, stayed at home to provide in my home, even though it wasn't a good home, but because I didn't know what to do. And um, I didn't make the move of leaving him till the, my twins were already like going to be 12. And then that's when I made the change. And that's because my husband told me that, um, uh, he was no longer happy with me. I no longer made him happy, and that he was going to leave me as as soon as he got laid off from his job. And then my brain goes into gear right away. It's like, okay, well, if he's going to leave and go someplace else, then I need to get a job because I have kids to take care of. So, well, he's busy. Mother mode. Yes. 
So while he's busy telling me what he's going to do, the Lord's already working on me. Okay, so you're going to go look for a job on Monday, and things are going to change. Sure enough, on Monday I went looking for a job. On Wednesday I got hired, and the, and the Lord helped me get my own job so I didn't have to be dependent on him. And then we were able to get away from that situation. Well, actually not right away, though, because it was still like a year and a half. And then what got me away from um, my husband is because he was trying to kill my son. He was trying to gouge his eyes out because he was sticking out for me. He was trying to kill him. He was trying to yank his eyes out. Gosh. And, and I had to call the police to come and take him away from the house. So we 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 lived uh, in a very um, abusive home. So uh, it's 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 um. Lucky that my son turned out who he became, you know, yes. but, but like, you know, what I've learned is all our journey. It is. And I want to ask you something here, because there are women out there who are stuck in an abusive relationship and do not know what to do. Just like what you just said, what kind of encouragement would you give to those women who were in that situation that you were in? Okay, so what I learned, I used to be afraid of my husband, but what I learned one day is um, I learned to stand up for myself. As long as you're weak and you give them that power, they have that power over you, and it's because we give it to them. This one day, I just, I was doing dishes, and he was over here telling me off, and I got upset, and I got the skillet, and I got the meat fork, and I went to him, and I told him, Okay, come at me then. You want it? <laughs> she had a shield and a, and a, <laughs> and a sword. No, whoa. I'm no longer going to put me down mm, because good. I got my weapons out. Right. Yeah. And then he was surprised. And he kept telling the kids, call the police on your mom. She went crazy. But you know, you get tired. After a while, you finally get tired of uh, putting up with that. And then you find out that once you take that power over, then they can't hurt you no more. That's powerful. And you have to empower yourself. That's one big thing that through everything that I went through, I learned. They cannot harm you if you don't give them that power. We give them the power, and that's why they come after us. Once you make up your mind, it's like, that's it. I'm not putting up with it no more. Then they're not going to hurt uh they're not going to come after you because they know that you're not weak no more. Yeah, then it they just like becomes a struggle after, of wills. Yes, yeah. they like to go after the weak. And I'm a stubborn, strong person. So he always tried to break my will, but I'm not. I'm still standing, and I'm stronger. He never found anybody, and I'm still alive and happy. <laughs> and the thing is, um, even through all that stuff, I've always been a happy person. He could never break my will down. Even though we were afraid of him, I've always been happy, joyful, thankful, loving, you know, because that's how God created me. He didn't create me to to have that uh, anger inside and feel sorry for myself because of what I was going through, because that's not me, you know. And that's one thing I can encourage other women is don't give those men that power. They're weak. They're weak. That's why they come after us. Once you stand up to them, they can't hurt you anymore because mm. they know that you're not going to be the doormat and let them step over you. 
Nice. And what about economically? So what what empowered you then? Because one, you're like, I'm tired of the abuse. I'm not going to have it anymore. Mm -hmm. But then having to come to the realization that if he walks out, I'm assuming Mm -hmm. that he was the sole, he was Mm -hmm. the provider. Mm -hmm. So when that provision goes away, how did you feel empowered to take care of yourself and your family economically? So that's when I got a, got the job. When he told me he no longer went, I didn't no longer make you happy. I went and got a job. And then he used to fight with me even more because now I have my own income. So I don't need to depend on him anymore. Mm. So uh, then he would fight with me even more. But then I made up my mind, okay, I'm no longer going to leave like this anymore. So I don't need you anymore. I'm making my own money and I'll find a way to make it. Then I went and consolidated all our bills. I went and opened my own checking account. Uh Uh-oh. And then I told him, I no longer need you. These boots are made for walking. (laughs) And that's what they'll just do. (laughs) And that's what I told him. You know what? You have to get your own checking account. And I already, um, I'm taking care of the bills here. So I don't need you anymore. And I don't need your child support either. Because we don't need you in this house anymore. So the next day he went in, he got his own trailer and he left. And that's because I had already given him another chance. And uh, so that's why I got my empowerment. Nice. there. And then after he left, then I started getting classes, taking classes for um, my job, um, gave me classes where you could empower yourself uh, for the physical abuse. So I started going to that. I went and got counseling. And then I started to, um, to a group session where they helped you with domestic violence. Hmm. And then that's why I started building my self-esteem. Because my husband was horrible. He used to call me horrible names because um, I got heavy. And uh, and I got heavy because he always used to fight with me and that. And I knew he hated fat women. So I think I kind of used that to get at him. As long as I gained weight, he wouldn't touch me. Oh that gosh. was my empowerment. Well, hey. Yes. <laughs> that's that's crazy so what it what it sounds like to me and and i'm just gonna put uh, a couple things out there to kind of equip uh people with these ideas that what i'm getting from you is the first thing is is you gain the holy spirit Mm -hmm. right what's Mm -hmm. what's giving you strength yes but you also just mentioned two other key factors that a lot of people don't um i'm assuming because i don't uh um i didn't see it this way with with some of the stuff that I went through, but mm-hmm. you went to counseling, yep. and then on top of that, you joined a group, yep. right? So okay. there's there's there is three key yep. factors in that healing process that took place, and I think it's important to say that because I think once somebody gets through their trauma, mm-hmm. they're like, "What's next?" Right? Mm-hmm. And then they a lot of times people go to drinking or yeah. drug because they don't know what to do. Yeah. And, and and there's a piece missing. Mm-hmm. But I think those three things is is a great uh, foundation to start with. Find um, find your local church, you know, start yeah. get get a Bible, start yeah. praying, start yeah. reading, reach out, seek counseling, yes. you know, talk and then get into a group of, of other women that have survived or going through what you went through. Is, is that yeah. something yeah. something good to kind of say that what's kind of got you to where you're at today? Yes. Yes. And. I want to say, I want to tell other women that um, this is what I learned when I learned to get my self-esteem back. 
Okay, my husband didn't like me because I was heavy, fluffy and heavy. To me, my house has a mirror in every room. I learned that as long as you learn to love yourself inside, the love comes outside and radiates. Mm. So to me, when I look in the mirror, I don't see what is in the outside. I see the love that God has inside. And to me, I tell myself that God loves me and he has love for me regardless of how I am. And that's what I tell women that are heavy is that it doesn't matter if somebody loves you or not. As long as you learn to love yourself, that's all that counts. Because God loves us whether we're thin or we're heavy. Amen. Amen. And uh, that is one thing that I really stress a lot for women. Don't let a man put you down. Because you have to learn to love yourself. It doesn't matter what they tell you and call you. Because you're not that way. They try to discredit you and put you down. But that's not who you are. You are what you are inside, and you don't let them break you down. And that's me, and that comes from my stubbornness, you know? And then that's how God has guided me, and that's how I've learned how to pray. I have a lot of miracles that God's used with me because I've always believed in Him. In which we've talked about a few of those miracles on here. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So. Yeah, not, not on fire, not on that. <laughs> I share it. <laughs> All right, let's take a break and we'll come right back. So this is the verse that God gave to me. You intended to harm me, but God intended for good to accomplish what is now being done and saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. And that's Genesis 50, verse 19. Amen. And I'm going to continue with... Um, uh, infidelity so yes. my my husband when my son was only um two oh it's probably like 70 1974 i think he used to attend college and then he started working two jobs and then he met this uh one girl that caught his uh eye she was a redheaded and he was intrigued with her and um he was fascinated with that so he ended up having an affair so we are already Christians at this time, or we are just baby Christians, I guess. And, um, or I'm a baby Christian. And then when that happened and, um, and I found out and I, well, actually he, uh, he was used to coming home at a certain time and that day he didn't come home and I called him at work and he, they said we had, our basement had flooded. So I went home and the basement wasn't flooded. And so it's like, well, where's he at, you know? So then he, he normally home by 11.20, and then now it's like 12.30 at night or early in the morning, and he comes in, and he goes to the bathroom and don't come out. I knew then something was wrong. And then he never came to bed. So then I was getting calls during the week, 
And uh, somebody was calling up and hanging up. Well, this girl that he slept with blackmailed him. So wow. he really went backwards on him. So he had to buy all this stuff to keep her quiet. And then he, after a week, he just couldn't take it. He had to tell me the truth. But I already knew. I already knew that first night. But the bad thing is that once that happens, I'm the victim because now I have suspicion. Now I can't trust him. So if he goes to work, now I'm going to be thinking, you know, who's it going to be with? Who's it going? And I'm telling you, that feeling is the most horrible feeling because I didn't do anything, but I had to suffer the insecurity. All right. So, Mama G, I want to ask you something because uh, I know my wife had dealt with this. Um, and I know there's a lot of women out there that have gone through this or are going through this as well. What what got you through your affair? Like, what? First of all, tell me. And I mean, when I I see you, like you're a strong woman. Was there a breaking point where you just broke down and crying? Was there was there a lot of questioning? Like, what did you do wrong? What 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 did what could you have done better? Like, where were you at when that happened? When you because you knew, but it's I think it's one of those things that. You can know all you want, but until those words are spoken to you, that's where it hits you hard. Yeah. So where, uh, what did you question? Did you question yourself? Yes, I did. Because, like I said, I, to me, I believed I was the perfect wife. I didn't know wrong. So. They all do. <laughs> uh, true, true, true. <laughs> <laughs> so how, the, how in the world could this have happened to me, you know? And then um, I did used to question, and probably at that time, um, uh, probably weaken and cry. I just didn't like the feeling of how of how it made me feel because it made me feel like I was the victim. Why did I have to suffer for what he did? You know, and I think I was angry at that. But the good part about it is I already had the Holy Ghost. So I already had the Lord. So I think that's probably what helped me. Well, I can't really say I overcame it because it's a process that you have to live. And and you do hate men after that because you don't trust them. Well, that's the that's the case yeah. for a lot of women who are who who have experienced mm -hmm. infidelity. Mm -hmm. They they have this distrust of men. Yep. And and not only that, there's that nagging feeling of I get close, you're gonna do that to me again, and you can't give yourself into a relationship yep. because you're afraid of that. Yes. Now, suffice to say, were you able to find love again? Yes. I was able to find <laughs> I found I found that love again with my new husband. And did you carry that same baggage into your relationship with your new husband? Uh, well, I'm not sure if I carried the baggage because it. I, I had already processed a lot. I had a okay. Let's let's put it this way. When when I was married, I was a butterfly that lived in a cocoon. Mm. When I separated from my husband I became a butterfly so I flew so I had freedom I flew I had nobody to tell me what to do or nobody to fight with me and this is how I learned to be a new person mm -hmm. so I had already um, empowered myself by taking those classes and all that. And in the meantime, I had already found the Lord because I had the Lord because I had the Holy Spirit in me. I had the Holy Ghost in me. And I seen the power of God because through my son, he went through a lot of experiences of 
<laughs> um, being hit by a car and I seen the Lord put his hands on his body and just carry him across the road and he didn't get hurt and that car hit him but he didn't get hurt his hands just just uh protected him and then he had another experience when he fell and hit his head and he was little then I don't think he was even two then and he turned blue and I put him water to make him wake up and that wasn't working so the pastor had to give him out the mouth so that was another experience and I seen God work on him I think through the years I seen God work so it wasn't just God that you prayed to but I seen he actually works I experienced it even when he got stabbed um, he I, I took him to the hospital and he bled um, really bad and I guess he died on the table there and then God brought him back that's another experience there. <laughs> we got Mike in the room here too and I'm like bro how are you still alive man <laughs> yeah, we... he's still alive <laughs> so that's what I say and then when my daughter Karina was sick with lupus that she um, um, she gave her will to die because she was suffering so much from pain and being pain medication she gave herself to hospice and the Pentecostal church came and prayed for her, laid hands on her. And that energy that came out of her body, I knew God was real. Because that cloud, that room was full of energy in there. And that was God healing her body. And then the, after that, they took her um, to Chicago and she had her stem cell. And then with the new, uh, with my new husband. Okay, so I have to tell you the story first. Is that okay i hated all men but then i met my husband and when i seen him i fell in love with him the moment that i seen him so god turned already my life around i was more confident with myself then and then um he was um he was my prince charming when i met him so i pursued him <laughs> <laughs> there you go you went from hating to pursuing men I remember i hated all men because of what my husband done but then when i met him it gave me a, a different perspective because this time i guess i was willing to give the chance and i was the one that was willing to give that love and then when he died oh last year he had a uh quadruple heart surgery and he died on the table and God brought him back to life. I remember you talking about it in the mm -hmm. dab group. You literally prayed him back to yes. life, right? Yes. And, and this is the thing. Because of my faith that I believe God is real, they gave him... Okay, so this happened on October the 15th. On October the 29th, they told him he wasn't going to live. And they were putting him in hospice. Mm -hmm. Because he was having a hard time breathing. His lungs were damaged. And that's when they told us he was going to die. They were going to put him on a machine if he, if he was going to continue. And I said, no, he's not going to die. Because my view was, if God saved him from the heart attack, why was it going to take him now? I couldn't see why, why saving him here and then taking him 14 days later. That didn't make the sense to me. I said, no, he's not dying. God's going to show everybody that he's real and he still performs miracles. And he did. He's, he's alive today. He's not walking to the Lord yet. <laughs> but but I think it's important to to say this, uh, and I know because I was I went and visit 
you in the hospital and that you blessed me with the opportunity to pray for you and your husband, yes, which yes. that was that was one of my first times someone called to ask me to pray for, <laughs> which, you know, I, I hold that very close to my heart. But your family was in the room, not when I went, but mm-hmm. they were in the room and they're getting ready to say goodbye to him. Yeah. And you refused yes. to cry with them. You yes. refused to say goodbye. Wow. And he's, he's unconscious, right, yes. at this time. So he's, everybody, the doctors, his family, your family, everybody's there to say goodbye to him, yeah. except for you. Yes. I told him he wasn't going to die. I said, I don't care what you guys say. Every time they come in and tell him that he was not going to make it. So he's not going to die. God did not save him to take him now. He's going to live. And sure enough. So what happened? Like, did he just wake up? Uh, I mean, how did he get out of the bed? Well, my daughter, no, he didn't get out of the bed right away. He was still in the hospital for a while. I mean, how did he heal? Like, how did he How did he recover? My daughter came from Chicago, and she brought this uh, H, uh, HGC, I think, or HCG. It's... Um, it's a, it's not a cure, but it's a, a liquid that they give people. It's it's something from part of the placenta, that if you get sick, um, it heals you, kind of like heals you. Okay. So we were getting him that. We asked the doctor first if they would do it, and they wouldn't do it. So then she, they said um, that he wasn't gonna live anyway. So she said, "Well, can I give it to him?" And she did. So we would give him that in his nostrils every day and give him the um, uh, energy shakes to uh, bring him back. And I believe that's what helped him get better okay. on there. And and that, that's how he started getting better and better. He finally got off the oxygen, um, I think, on November the 20, the beginning part of November the 20-something. He got off the oxygen, then they put him on regular oxygen. And then, uh, then I had to take him home and helped him get well because he still wasn't well. Yeah, he, there was a lot of recovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But the yeah. thing was is that he recovered from yeah. that when he was expected yeah. to die. Yes. And and I just want to say this to those of you who are listening: when we bring these guests on this show, it's to show you their testimonies and the and the things that God has done mm-hmm. in their lives and the things that they have witnessed that God has done in their lives. This is crazy because everybody has some type of testimony to God doing extraordinary things in their lives. Mm-hmm. And you may be on the fence of considering like, hey, I don't know if I believe in all this Jesus stuff. We just want to set the precedence that God works in mysterious ways. And we're asking you to be open to, to allowing God to come into your life and work in you. Mm-hmm. And Geneva is a great example of that. She's got a history of, of her faith being encouraged by seeing the works of God in her life, through all the traumatic events and all the stuff that's happened to her children as she's been as she's growing up and going through life, which has strengthened her faith and empowered her. And I think it's a lot of uh, it, there's a lot when when you're going through something, you tend to question where where's God? What's it? But I think what if we could take something out of what we've so far what we've heard from you, um, there's a lot of tragedy. There, there is a lot of hurt. There's a, there's a lot on the other side of that. You've been blessed to see a lot of blessings. Mm. You, you've been part of a lot of blessings. You've turned into our prayer warrior. Like what my wife just said uh, a little bit ago, you're one of the pillars of, 
uh, of our uh, dab group, our prayer group, our Bible study. Like you're so important to us. So, so many people. I know David was on the couch contemplating a lot of things when he got a text message from you. Yeah. You know, just randomly. Th- that was, again, I thank you so much for that because that's the first time in my life where I felt like God seen me. Yes. Like just reaching in a situation and saying, I, I see you. And then mm-hmm. that brought me comfort. And I talked about that in our last podcast. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about the drama that's happened in your life. But now this is the part of the podcast where we get to explore her extraordinary faith. a scripture in Matthew, I think it's uh, 1720, and that tells you if you just had a faith as a grain of a mustard seed. To me, when I heard that in church, and they said you can move mountains with that faith. To me, how can you move a mountain with a seed? It's, I could not fathom that in my mind. How can he do that? But then the Lord opened my eyes and he said, the thing is, you got to stay positive. You think positive. As long as you're positive, you can do anything that you want. Once you're negative, and then fear sets in. So I'm a positive person. I won't let negative into my life because I'm a strong believer on on that. I can move mountains because God's right behind me. And then God told me, trust in me with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Another scripture that I have is Hebrews 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. I know, probably through all... Oh, okay, so everything that's happened in my life, I see it as a journey. That's part of my journey. I had to go to those things to get me where I am today. If I wouldn't have gone to that, I probably wouldn't be the strong person that I am today. You have to go through journeys. You have to go through things in order to make you strong. And that's the way I see him. I've never really seen him as a um, feel sorry for me thing. Why did God pick me to go to this? Because I see it as a journey. And, and this is where I've learned to have faith, be positive on whatever happens to you, you know, don't give in to that fear. Don't let the enemy steal your identity. This is what I learned that the enemy had my identity. It's like, he's not taking my identity. That is mine. God gave it to me. And as long as I was holding all that inside, he had my identity. Once I, I made the thing to share with others what had happened, now he doesn't have my identity. My identity is mine. And it belongs to me and God, not to him. So I'm not no longer giving him that power or letting anybody else take that power. It's mine. And that all comes from faith. Mm. Yeah. Well, remember, women, you have the power to overcome. We have God. We have God. And he's real. And if you let him be real in your life, he'll be there for you. And he'll get you through whatever you have to you just give it over to him. That's one thing I learned. Hmm. Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. <laughs>
I wanted to ask you, yeah. who's your favorite kid? I only say that because I, I think uh, I was setting that up because um, I think all of us, I think all of us feel like you're either our mom or our grandma, like you've stepped in a role and I could, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to open up just a little bit uh, with myself here. Uh, you know, the reason why I asked you like who, who you're, uh, favorite kid was because there was with everything that you have been through right so you, you went to uh all this trauma you've seen all these blessings everything else but where you're at now in life right mm -hmm. you have stepped into so many lives yes. mm -hmm. not just as someone we look up to for prayer mm -hmm. but i'm going to tell you for me my own personal pers perspective of you is I didn't really have my mother with me when I was growing up, right? She she was in and out of my life. Uh, she gave us up to the state. I grew up that way. The one woman that I was very close to was my grandmother, and she passed away 11 years ago. And she was the closest thing I had to a mother. She was the closest thing. She was the first woman to ever love me and tell me she loved me, right? So she she was my heart, and I lost her. Having you in my life and having you a part of this journey that I'm on in my own personal journey now, I could tell you this. There's been many times where I heard your voice because you and I have had conversations and, and I've told you some of my downfalls. You, yeah, you prayed, you prayed me into having confidence. You, 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 but you're, you're that person that those two women that I've lost, I mean, my mom's still here, yeah. uh, but the, the relationship, um, you know, that, that I wish I had yeah. or to talk to, you know, yeah. someone that has more knowledge about, you know, if I have a problem with my wife, because she's a certain way, yeah. you know, I have someone to go to, to ask questions. Why, why are women this way? Why is she always like that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just saying that cause she's in the room. <laughs> no, but you know, you're someone that all of us can come and talk to because not only have you had such great experience throughout life, you can really relate to anybody through anything having having a son that decided to to you know drink at a young age to end up in prison you know to almost die in a few times to uh you know having twin uh twins and uh raising kids on your own and having your oldest daughter and and cancer and all this other stuff right? like life 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 but you've survived all that mm -hmm. and i just want to tell you that i love you and it's such an honor to have you on here not only because you've touched my life but you've touched my wife's life and on top of that my son isaiah he loves you so so much he always gets a big smile on his face when he talks about you or when he sees you so the importance of you is so great to all of us around here and that's just my experience with you. There's so many people in our, in our circle, in our yes. group, you know, that you've, you've got, like you, I'm sure we all have the same story, but, uh, with you, but I just wanted to tell you that I love you. And I'm so grateful that God has given you and and your son and your family to, to us. Um, my wife's given me the, the cutoff 
thing. I think I'm rambling, so I just want to say that. And the end of the story is everybody go find yourself a Mama G mm. to have in your life. Get somebody you a who Mama speak G. that wisdom and somebody who can pray over you and somebody who is genuine in their faith because that's what I see when I look yes. at you yes. is genuineness. And I can tell just from everybody talk. Whenever somebody talks about you, they, they, they talk about you with admiration and love. You are a pillar, especially in that dab group. We know people know when you ain't there. People know when you ain't there. Oh yeah. And so we are so grateful and so honored for you to be able to take the time out to come on this show and and really be transparent. I mean, wow, you went from zero to one hundred right away. I'm telling you, you went to zero one hundred. And and to all you women who are out there listening, Geneva brought something to the table here, and there's so many gems that are sprinkled out throughout everything that she said you god is with you and and just because all of this trauma and all this drama is happening to you it doesn't mean that you're alone in this there are other women out there in faith communities and in your community who have gone through that who are who are willing to walk with you side by side to pray with you to encourage you to be an ear or a shoulder for you to cry on so do not suffer in silence mm. okay? and Geneva is there anything else you want to say to the audience yes you can always call on me and I'll help you the thing is it's not me that you love it's God Amen. in me mm. I see it because I have God's love and God tells me if we love God then if, if we love God then God is love and we love others so people don't love me they love what I have because I have Christ in me. And I just tell you, learn to fall in love with God. Mm. If you learn to fall in love with Jesus, you're going to have that joy and happiness and it'll get you from any situation you're in because you know you're empowered in Jesus' name. And Isaiah, God gave him to me. He gave him to me last year. He put him in my path. And he had me praying for him and encouraging him. And look at him now. God has blossoming. And God's going to use him. And God puts people in my path because he wants me to encourage him. It's not me. He wakes me up to tell me, send this person this message. Send prayers at this At 3 a.m. even. <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting a text from her. She's up this early? <laughs> he says, any hour. When I put it in your mind, you send it. Yes. <laughs> yep. So... Uh, that's what I do. It doesn't come from me. It's what he gives me. And um, that's why I say uh, I have a lot of love. So I've learned coming to Thrive. I have children all over. <laughs> but that's why I say it's not me they love. It's what I have in me. Hmm. And that's the love of Christ. Amen. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>